Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, a podcast about the human experience. Caroline Slaughter is a voiceover actor, filmmaker, and podcaster. You've probably heard her before as the voice for brands such as Subway, Ford, and Holiday Inn. She just launched a podcast on iHeartRadio called Astray, which is an exploration into how far people will go for enlightenment. Caroline joined us to tell us about her story and how she got into podcasting, and then also to even graciously offer us some podcasting advice for our, for our podcast. You can find more about Caroline's extensive body of work at www.carolineslaughter.com. So without further ado, here's Caroline. Cool. So Caroline Slaughter, welcome to the center of the universe. Our, our first guest under the new title. Also the first person to suggest that we come up with a new title. That's right. Podso one just didn't seem to uh, make much sense to anybody but Daniel and me. So here we are. Wait, did you explain to your listeners what Podso one came from? We, we never did. Okay, can you just do it really quick? It's it is fun. <laughs> Go ahead, Daniel. It's all you. Yeah. Now. Okay. So where Paul and I kind of became friends was this restaurant Podso one in uh, on West Broad Street in Richmond, and uh, we were just kicking around name ideas when we first started this thing. And uh, I had heard of this podcast called Pod Save America, and somehow that kind of translated for me into Pod So One. And I was like, it's a it's a play on you know where we kind of became friends and where we love to get lunch. And then um, we we end up after we had named the podcast and we're already going through it. Paul's like, maybe we should look up what Foso One actually means, you know, in case we are because it's Vietnamese, you know, because in, in case we're calling ourselves something pretty bad. But it actually means like number one pho. It's like the best pho. So we inadvertently named ourselves that podcast. Here yeah. we are. That's not who we are. That's not what we were trying to be all about at the time. But it, it's kind of adorable that we stumbled into that. Good times. So Caroline, uh, you and I connected because uh, a mutual friend said, hey, Paul, if you really want to know how to podcast, you should probably talk to people that are really good at podcasting. And so we connected and you've been gracious enough to uh, talk to me uh, one time before this recording. And, and certainly uh, your willingness to do this tonight has been outstanding. And so I think we're going to talk a lot about your experience telling stories and uh, certainly with podcasting. And I'm excited to hear that you have a podcast coming out soon that we should certainly talk about but before we get into all that where do you call home caroline i live in atlanta georgia now but i've also sort of been a nomad so i lived you know i was in charlottesville i grew up in charlottesville virginia and then i went to new york or charleston for two years but that doesn't really count right um and then went to new york for school to finish up college then i went to london for like a month or so to do some theater stuff and then i went to la for six years and then i came to atlanta so i've sort of bopped around um and i don't know where home is gonna be but right now atlanta works atlanta's kind of the uh, new hollywood a, a little bit right yeah and and especially during the pandemic so many more people are moving here because you know, it's affordable. People can have green space instead of being in their apartments in New York. And, um, and you're right, people are shooting here now, you know, they're, they're actually shooting the films and the TV shows. Um, and they're starting to create more development here, which I don't know if you guys understand what that is, but it's like, 
you know, writers' rooms and um, the people that are in charge are gonna are starting to move here. So that's been an interesting shift as well. Instead of just coming here to shoot and then getting out, they're building an infrastructure here. Infrastructure that can care for start to finish uh, producing of uh, artistic endeavors. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, it is re- cool. that, that's really cool. And it's uh, yeah, Atlanta's a neat place. I, I'm guessing that the, I used to work down there. I'm guessing the traffic is not really a thing even though more people are moving there since Wait, the pandemic. What, what do you mean? Because of the pandemic? Wait, yeah. the pandemic doesn't, it's like, it's not a real thing in the South, right? I mean, <laughs> so we still have traffic. Oh, so wait a minute. Are, is, does anyone wear a mask in Atlanta? They do. I mean, I'm, I'm joking. It's like th- th- people do wear masks, but you get into these pockets, which you probably run into as well in Virginia, where people aren't wearing masks or they're just more lenient about it. But I think since we've had a shift of power in, in government, um, a shift of leadership. I think people are more aware of it and are wearing masks more than they were. So. Yeah. We've seen the same thing here in Virginia. All right. So when people ask you what you do for a living, uh, what's your answer to that? Well, I say I'm a storyteller. I mean, technically I make money doing podcasts. I'm a, uh, like I say global voiceover. Cause I, I don't know. I guess you can say you're a global voiceover because you do different jobs all over the world with different clients, but that sounds really pretentious. I'm never saying that again. I'm a voiceover um, and I write and I'm a, a filmmaker. I direct and I've directed branded content. So I've sort of done all of these different things. So it's easier to just banner that under being a storyteller. And what do you like most about storytelling? I like really, I, I really like looking at themes or questions like for the for the new podcast I'm doing that's coming out March 3rd the question is what is the cost of enlightenment and so really digging into that and being able to look at it from all these different angles and as someone who's a storyteller I don't think you can be black and white about anything I don't think you should answer that question I think you should present information and let the listener or audience member answer their own question um, because, uh, you guys are smart enough to do that, you know, and then it starts a conversation instead of being a blanketed statement about something. And it, it, allow, it allows nuance and, uh, careful consideration into the conversation too. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of what happens in, in my line of work is like about data and figures and numbers and stuff, but I don't know. Have you ever heard the quote that like humans are uh, they consume information via stories more so than like raw data. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I think that's right. Um, in terms of like storytelling, is that more like you are creating the story or does a story already exist and you, you try to um, tell it in a compelling way? That's oh, an interesting question. I mean, I think you're always crafting the story in your own voice. So if Paul looked at this story, what is the cost of enlightenment? He would have a completely different vantage point than I would. So I think you're always creating the story because it's your specific point of view. But sometimes stories like they do live, you know, like this one is about um, these three men who've disappeared in Rishikesh, India, because they were on these quote unquote, spiritual awakenings, like spiritual quests, trying to sort of figure out who they were um, internally and they disappeared. And so that story is already there. The media has covered it. They've sort of like blanketed it. They, they basically labeled these men 
um, they said they had India syndrome, which is something like you go to India, the culture shock, the spirituality, um, the different modalities of spirituality, all of this sort of like creates the psychosis in someone, they go crazy and they sort of fall off the grid. And so that story exists. But how I look at that story and through interviewing the families and interviewing experts um, in India, that's a different construct. It's not the same story that other people have told. And I hope it's a story that digs deeper into an understanding around this. And even that question of what is the cost of enlightenment? Like what does enlightenment mean to you, listener? So I hope that I'm always handing the baton over to someone else to answer their own questions. I hope that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. So Caroline, tell us more about the podcast that's launching on March 3rd. Like, is it going to be uh, 10 episodes in a season sort of thing? And then you'll switch to a different uh, theme for the second season, or will you have a consistent theme or set of themes throughout? Well, it's an eight um, episode podcast. It's a narrative podcast. So it's something, you know, we tell a story. It's, it's like serial, you know, it's, it's that sort of idea. Um, it's an investigative podcast and I'll read you. I actually brought this up cause I knew that we were going to be talking about podcasts. So this is the log line. Um, how far would you go for enlightenment? Westerners have long been drawn to the spiritual mystique of India while many find what they're looking for and return home. Some vanish without a trace or even end up dead. Astray investigates those who pay the ultimate cost in search of spiritual awakening in search of spiritual awakening. <laughs> what's that second part is that like an echo no i just i messed up the word so i had to do it again <laughs> I just oh okay it up. <laughs> i thought it, it was like up, guys she, I thought, she, yeah somebody says it and then there's an so echo you can edit background. it so, Daniel, you can edit that part if you want oh yeah definitely <laughs> so it sounds better um, i thought you may have been saying it for emphasis i wasn't sure what was going on there. me too <laughs> spiritual awakening yeah that's fascinating that whole concept I think it'll be really cool. And there's this sort of, um, I don't know, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, but during COVID, people are looking for a sense of purpose and meaning, obviously. And we've been sitting with a lot of our own shit during this time. And so there's this idea that cults are going to be on the rise once we can sort of get out of hiding. And so this question of like, what is the cost of enlightenment, I think is an important one now because people are going to be sort of seeking that after this. Wait, so you're... What, what, what's that again? People are getting holed up and when they, when things start to open up again, people are going to try to uh, form cults? No, I think, okay. I'm sure you guys have felt like this sitting with your own stuff during this time, you start to question like, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is the meaning behind all this? Why is this pandemic happening? Why do I have to look at this stuff? Relationship stuff comes up, all of it. And we always want answers as humans. So there's this theory that after this ends, and I spoke to a, um, a guy who's a conspiracy theory debunker. Um, he wrote a whole book on QAnon. We, we interviewed him for the podcast and we were talking about this. And I said, I really do think cults are gonna be on the rise because people want answers and they want belonging and they want community after being isolated and sitting with a lot of stuff that makes them uncomfortable. Humans do not like being uncomfortable. So I feel like coming out of this, they'll be looking for that and people go to tend to follow people that have answers, you know? So that's why I'm thinking like cults might be on the rise. And he said, yeah, that's, that's probably going to be a, a truth. Um, so wow. it's, it's just interesting. So I, that's why I think this podcast is some well, somewhat well-placed to have people start to answer their own questions instead of looking to someone else to answer them. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, when I think of cults, I usually think that you're kind of closed off from the rest of the world. And uh, that's part of the reason that it's so easy to just get totally caught up in it. Um, but I also, I see a lot of people online on YouTube, on different parts of the internet that have, they have a lot of answers too. And they're kind of building their own followings. And it's almost like people are in their, in their solitude, able to kind of build up their own echo chambers based on like what, what it is that they want to hear. Yeah. So. Yeah, this conspiracy theorist debunker was like, yeah, those people are just really good talkers because no one has answers, you know? Yeah, it seems to me that, yeah, the only common denominator is, is confidence, you know? Like people out there saying stuff with a ton of confidence and also might be really good at debating. And then, and then they have like these massive followings. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very nice. So uh, suggestion for us, Carolyn, or a question for you in our podcast Daniel is 27. I'm 52. He's a vegan. I'm a meat eater. He doesn't drink alcohol. I drink alcohol. He's smart. I'm, I use two syllable words. Uh, <laughs> should we play on that in the podcast? The, the differences between the two of us? Well, I wouldn't say you're not smart. So I think that that's the first thing I'd sort of discard. Um, but I think that you guys already sort of from listening to your podcast this morning, I feel like you guys already play on that because your personalities, like it's just who you are. You don't need to like yin and yang it and act it out. If that makes sense. People just, are drawn more to who you authentically are. Yeah. Just be natural, be organic about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I always call Daniel out and being vegan. That's very important. Everything I, should, I should call him out. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got to bring it up. I'm well, no. So, hey, can I tell you one of the happiest moments in my po in this podcast? We're talking to an NFL player. He is just he's 45 now, but he's ripped, and he's talking about being a uh, Cleveland Browns football player and how awesome that was. Even though they didn't win a lot of games, the fans were so passionate about the players in Cleveland. And he said they they always wanted to know details like what's your favorite food. And I said, okay, why don't you answer that question for us? What's your favorite food? And he's this this giant athlete like specimen of a man and he says my favorite food is broccoli and i'm like really broccoli he goes well i'm a vegan i've been a vegan for 10 years and then what did you say daniel i think i just i don't know i kind of it was a verbal i just exhaled and uh and it was awesome you, you know? beamed is what you did and then you yeah. said how do you get so big as a vegan and then he yeah, said i wake well, up at four o'clock in the morning and i and i sling 150 pound dumbbells like caroline literally 150 in each hand so 300 total and, and i said daniel how much do you weigh <laughs> it, it's 155 yeah, one, is the answer 155 so this, this yeah. guy's slinging Dan, two daniels around working out at four o'clock in the morning it's good times okay do you guys think that i know tom brady's a vegan is he like part robot part man i mean honestly He's not fully, uh, he's not like uh, me anyway. Yeah, there's something I've different. Heard, not human. Yeah, huh? yeah. I've, I've heard the whole, that he's vegan, but I've also heard that he like sometimes eats fish and he has this, this like, I think chef or diet planner that just really nailed down the perfect optimal diet for per perfect optimal performance. And that's what he eats. Um, but I, I don't know, um, especially after talking to Wally, the NFL player we just, we just had on. Um, people don't last in, in the NFL, like pe people's bodies don't last. So there's gotta be some kind of cybernetics under the hood. Yeah. I think they're the first people that signed up he and Giselle to be like half AI, <laughs> you know? And, and the AI uh, makes the human part just uh, perfect, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. 
There it is. All right. So, Caroline, I think I, I expressed to you that Daniel and I uh, enjoy talking to folks. We we learn, love to learn from them. We love hearing their stories. Um, but we wouldn't mind making a couple of bucks. So how do you get paid to podcast? And by the way, we have we have earned, what are we, uh, we're negative a couple thousand bucks? Yeah, yeah. Daniel. Deep in the red. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, this is a, and I've, I think I told you this too, Paul, it's like, um, for me, I was lucky enough to work with a company that's keyed into iHeartMedia. So iHeart basically funds the slate that the company School of Humans that I work for um, has. So they have a slate of four podcasts a year they have to get made. I have one of those podcasts coming out March 3rd. And so I don't really have to worry about promotion or any of that stuff or even the payment stuff because iHeart just funds it. That being said, if you want to find an iHeart or a Gimlet or um, there's there's Spotify, there's a plethora of um, different platforms right now. People are very, this is my experience, people are very open in the podcasting world. So there's another podcast I was pitching around. I think I sent you the deck secretly, Paul, because it's mm. important to sort of see it. So the deck is like, a pitch. It has the log line on the front. I make it visual, even though it's a, a, a podcast, because you want it to feel like the how, how it's going to be heard, if that makes sense. Um, and then you introduce the hosts and you introduce like the demographic. And um, I actually want to look at that if you don't mind, because I think this might be important information. Sure. Go for so, it. The deck, the first page of the deck is sort of the, just the log line. Then you go into the synopsis of what the podcast would be. And then you go into comps, which are comparables. Like for us, let's say, let's say it's like Dolly Parton's America meets Malcolm Gladwell, you know, like, so you're sort of comparing two things. So people understand what it could be. Then there for this one, it's a nonprofit. So there was an initiative. The collaboration is what can we bring to the table for you, iHeartMedia? Why would you want to work with us? What are our assets? And then what are our asks? And then the team, you'll introduce like, if it was, you know, you two, and then if you had a producer, a producer. And then uh, the last page is a contact page. And that's that's really it. So that's a deck. And I put pictures in this deck, sort of, like I said, to, to so people can feel what it's going to be. And we do that in film too. When we put a deck together, we have visuals. Um, and it, I think that just is important because people want to have that overall experience when they are feeling something, when they're looking at a deck, you send that to Gimlet, Spotify, you can find people's information pretty easily. Um, and like the head of development or whoever it might be, the head of the, the, the studio and, um, people are very receptive. I mean, they'll say no, or they'll say yes, or they'll say, let's, let's have another conversation. But I've noticed that, um, people are kind and that there's not as many gatekeepers because there's not the agents that you deal with, um, in, in TV and film. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun, more receptive, um, uh, industry. Yeah. It's, it seems very positive and it feels like people want to help, uh, people. Less have you noticed that? Have you guys noticed that? Yeah. Well, not to a great extent, but I, I've talked to a couple of other podcasters and they're like, hey, uh, what can I tell you that helps your podcast? And uh, and, I, and I told them I'd certainly return the favor. Yeah. yeah it's, it's been, I, I haven't had a negative experience yet with any of it. Great. I love hearing that. 
That's very yeah. cool. So you mentioned visuals from a from a PowerPoint presentation perspective. What about video of the guest or of us? Does that do anything uh, to help us monetize the podcast or to make it more entertaining? In my opinion, no. I mean, I think people choose podcasts just because it's an easy thing to pop in their ear when they're doing their, when they're washing dishes or on a run or something. Um, so I feel like the visual component, I wouldn't worry as much about it. That's just my own opinion. Very cool. All right. So you, you told us that, uh, well, you told me a few weeks ago that Podso One probably needed an update or an upgrade as a name for the podcast. Uh, we just shared the, the new name. Uh, instead of critiquing the name, which you, you're certainly welcome to do, what should we be thinking about as we think about, your, I think you're calling it the log line, either the title or the log line. What should, how should we think about those? Well, tell, did you tell everyone why you came up with the name? And what the new name is? No, we just mentioned it tonight when we yeah. introduced you. Yeah, you want to do yeah. it, Daniel? Yeah, we uh, yeah we can do that. Um, and I think that we'll probably have like some Instagram posts or something leading up to it before this episode actually co comes out. But um, the center of the universe is uh, so that so the name of the podcast is Stories from the Center of the Universe, and Ashland has a nickname, the Center of the Universe, um, and Paul knows the backstory on that. And the idea is that each guest we have for the duration of the podcast, at least they are, we are all three kind of in the center of the universe, but at the same time, there is no actual center of the universe. So we just get to kind of uh, be and, and, you know, one of our, one of our reasons for doing this is that it's kind of rare to sit with somebody with the sole intent of just like listening to their story and hearing about them. So, you know, putting the guests at the center uh, and the, the log line, what it means to be human slash a podcast about the human experience is um, I guess it's a more direct approach at trying to communicate why we're doing this, what this whole podcast is about. Because like, what's your guys, why, like, why did you start this podcast in the first place? Yeah, I, so, I think we should both answer. Go ahead, Daniel. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, really. Um, we're not sure, but, but we kept going. And so I was like, okay, instead of asking why we started it, um, how about we answer why we are still doing it? Like why we haven't stopped. And it's a few reasons, um, but you know, again, it's, it's rare to sit down and, and just listen to somebody. We like to tell stories. And then these kind of mini, they turn into like mini biographies a lot of the time because the guest kind of tells their story. Um, and we have, we, we kind of have a posterity angle. So like, uh, especially for older folks or anybody who's doing cool stuff and, and might want future generations to be able to listen to see, like, I think it'd be the coolest thing in the world for me to listen to my great grandfather on a podcast and be like, oh, so that's what he was like, you know, uh, but the technology wasn't, wasn't there back then. So, you know, that's, that's another angle. Yeah. And so just real quickly on the posterity point, like Daniel, and I recorded, I don't know, what is this? Our, it's our 73rd recording probably. Yeah. And my kids, my son has listened to maybe 10 of them. And I didn't, I didn't realize that until a, a couple of months ago. My, my two daughters have not listened to a single second of the podcast. But I hope someday when I'm on my deathbed, both of my daughters tell me they listened to a couple of them, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so let, let, let's be really crisp here. The reason we, we started the podcast was somebody else suggested we, we try it. And we said, okay, sure, let's, let's, let, let's try it. And we, we started thinking about the themes that we'd love to talk about. And it, 
really after we've recorded a few boiled down to, we just really want to hear people's stories and if we can lay that down for posterity and that's all this becomes, then that's cool by me. <clears throat> well, there's also this element that I've noticed, noticed just from speaking with you, Paul, of just connection, like human connection is just such a currency, especially right now. Um, and that's, that's something too, to really amp up. Like you guys, if you're putting someone at the center of the universe or you've created this universe with the three of us in this moment, there is a, a connection that we all are hungry for, you know? So that's yeah. something to really think about. That's a great point. Yeah. And especially I love, in these I times. I love that. I yeah. love that. So Caroline, let's, let's talk about your, your background a little bit more. So you grew up in Charlottesville. Would you love to live in Charlottesville again? I, I would like, there's a part of me that would, and there's a part of me too, because of this pandemic where I'm like, I am traveling. As soon as this is over, I'm going to live here for a month and here for a month. And because I just, I, I feel like so trapped right now. And thankfully, since I work remotely, I can travel pretty easily. So to answer your question, yeah, Charlottesville, but maybe when I'm in my sixties. <laughs> so retirement kind of place. Sure. What's the first place you're going to go to when you uh, like travel a great distance? We are going to go, my boyfriend and I are going to go to Mystique. Well, this is my, this is my play, right? And um, this place where David Bowie has this, he had a home and it's gorgeous. And it's this really cool island. I got to look this up because it's just too cool. I just have to tell you about it. Um, but we're going to St. John too. We might go to St. John before this whole thing ends because um, they're being really careful about testing there. So you have to test before you get on the plane and you test when you get there. And we just want to go to a, an island, go to a beach somewhere. I mean, aren't you guys hungry for water, like just to look at an ocean? Or have you been to the ocean lately? Go ahead, Daniel. Oh, man, that's a great. I, I haven't been super hungry for it. Um, but uh, I did go. The last place I saw the ocean, I think, was Paul's like river house place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so I, tank. I, I go, go to the river uh, every chance I get. It's not the ocean water. It's not the expansive views, but it's still a pretty cool view. Oh, you mean the river? The and river. river. Yes. There's, the there's river. no uh, second R. <laughs> yeah. Um, where yeah. do you guys want to travel when this is over? Mm. I want to go to oh. Belize. I'm going to go to Belize. Oh yeah. I could have predicted that. That's yeah. A, I, that's I love that classic. place. If I go, if that's my next move, that'll be my sixth time to that place. San, San Pedro is a little town off the uh, Ambergris Cay, which is a peninsula that actually connects with Mexico to the north, and it's not connected to the uh, rest of Belize, and it is the most gorgeous, most relaxed place. It's, it's not typical for that part of the world to be able to uh, go anywhere and converse with anybody uh, that lives there year-round or grew up there, and, and you can they, they speak seven languages. There are tons of ethnicities that are from there. It's just a very relaxed, uh, it's an awesome environment. I, rest, I, I really wish the rest of the world was like that. Dang. What is it called? What's the little place in Belize called? It's, it's a little town called San Pedro. Uh, okay. And it's on uh, Ambergris, A-M-B-E-R-G-R-I-S-K-C-A-Y-E, -E, which I think is Spanish for key. I'm guessing that, but anyway, nice. it's it, so the, the largest barrier reef in the world is actually off the coast of Belize, and Ambergris K is maybe 200 feet from that reef. Uh, it's actually longer and larger than the uh, Australian Great Barrier Reef. 
Wow. wow. Yeah. That's some trivia. There's probably cool. a lot of great white sharks there too, aren't there? Uh, I, I don't know because we never went on the other side of the reef. It seems pretty tame on uh, the, okay. the land side of the reef. Mm, I'm picturing that Finding Nemo scene where there's just like a drop off into the deep blue. <laughs> so uh, what do you call someone who's from Belize out of curiosity? What do you mean? Like like American for America? Like, yeah, the, the demonym or demonym. The, I don't know how to say I, it. Are you saying big words again? Uh, Belizean is, I believe. What Belizean. Okay. Yeah. All right. So hold on. Let's talk about Mystique. What part okay. of the world is that in? Mystique. And I just looked this up because I was like, where is an island that feels like you're in the middle of nowhere? And Mystique is this private island in the Caribbean. Um, and it's it's the reason I was really drawn to it though is really because of David Bowie. I mean, it's sick, but he has this really cool house there. And I was like, this would be awesome. You know, even to rent it for just a night and be able to hang out in David Bowie's house. But it's also just any sort of island that's not um, sort of like done up. I, I want to go to that where it feels rustic and you feel like you're the only person there. Sort of like, it sounds like this place in Belize is like that. Um, that just appeals to me. Isolation. Uh, why would I choose isolation again after this? <laughs> but at least you're with an ocean. Well, and you're and you're in the open, and you, you would be around people. You could still have time to yourself, though. Yeah, I like to draw a distinction between isolation and solitude, and I think what you're describing is more like solitude, or, yeah. or you know, with your with your boyfriend. Um, uh, yeah, my fiance and I have talked about places that we want to travel, and a lot of them are have like really deep, deep history, mm-hmm. like the Scottish Highlands or somewhere in Europe, like uh, Bruges, this like medieval town in Belgium, those kind of really, I don't know, something about them that are really uh, attractive to me. So I'd like to head out there sometime. That sounds great. I've heard, uh, are you guys Harry Potter fans? Oh yeah. I'm too old for that, Caroline. Sorry. <laughs> Damn, I'm a millennial, baby. I grew yeah. up with Harry Potter. What house would you be, what, um, what house? Hufflepuff. I know what you mean. No, I think you'd be Ravenclaw. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of the persona that I exude on the podcast. But um, I don't know. A lot of people that know me would, would call me a Hufflepuff. What about you? <laughs> um, I've been told that I would be a Ravenclaw with a Slytherin rising, which is very upsetting. And it's because I'm driven. That's why I've been told I have a Slytherin rising. Mm, yeah, ambition. Yeah, it's yeah, not a bad ambition. thing. Um. I wanted to ask you though. Oh yeah. So the Scottish Highlands, there's this train, you know, the train in Harry Potter, that, that beautiful, I think that goes, that's the train that goes through the Scottish Highlands. Cause my sister and I were talking about wanting to go on that train just cause we're Harry Potter nuts. Oh wow. Yeah. The Hogwarts express. Yeah. So wait a minute. What, what house would I be in? Oh, you would be, what do you think? Oh gosh. By the way, this is not going to mean much to me. I'm thinking it's either Gryffindor or like if you want to go with like this the Paul self-deprecating like uh, being dumb thing then Hufflepuff. Um, <laughs> I don't think Slytherin. And then what's the last one? Oh my Ravenclaw. God. Ravenclaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ravenclaw. You're, probably, you're probably a Gryffindor, Paul. I mean, well, I, I, like, I, I think you just named almost all of them, right? Yeah. That was all four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, by the way, my, what the, yeah, that's Harry Potter was in Gryffindor. That's what everybody's looking for. Everybody wants to be part of Gryffindor. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It depends. they're like I'll the cool it. kids. They're like the brave ones. Uh, good, but they're also kind of like the I would I, I kind of associate them with like the frat bros of the Harry Potter world um, <laughs> to an extent. But uh, 
yeah it's a good house it's a good house well anyway. so my only real exposure to harry potter is my my oldest kid my son when he was eight or nine he, he read the first harry potter book and he was really into it and he got to this part of the of the, i think it was the first book it might have been the second where they talked about the slytherin kids they were all following the blonde haired kid whatever his name was and uh they said his friends were sycophantically laughing at him. And my, my eight-year-old son comes to me, he goes, dad, what does sycophantically mean? I'm like, I don't know. So I had to look it up, but that's how I learned the word sycophantic or sycophant or sycophantically. Thanks to wow. Harry Potter. Yeah, it's a super common word now. So it's a good one to know. I think it was pretty common back then. I just didn't know what it meant. <laughs> the woman who wrote Harry Potter makes more money than the queen. Yeah, still probably, Dang. right? Yeah. She's, she's got royalties for the next... 10 generations probably i mean That's... hey yeah so... i have a ahead, just like a general back to like the industry kind of question sure. um and like your your career so far like it seems to me that yeah it's kind of like in the music industry there's like a, a huge amount of the people that are trying to make it the sort of like starving artist type that are working other jobs but like their dream is to kind of be a creator and then there are very select few that uh just like skyrocket into fame and stardom and there's like kind of these polars polar ends but there's not a whole lot going on in the middle do you kind of get the sense that it's like that for the work that the industry that you've been in podcasting and filmmaking yeah absolutely um and it's it's like the only way to really make it is uh to be resilient and to understand that failure is not failure that everything's just an experiment so you can't you know a lot of people want to quit when they fail but it's really just a learning thing um, and then also it's, it's a lot of fucking, I mean, it's, I, sorry. It's a lot of luck. It's a lot of luck. F-bombs are allowed. <laughs> okay. I didn't know. <laughs> it's, all good. it's just a lot of luck. I think people don't believe in that, but it's like, it's opportunity meets, um, preparedness meets luck. I like wow. it. Wait, wait a minute. I have to think about that. Say those again. Opportunity meets preparedness so you're prepared you're ready for this when the opportunity comes meets a little bit of luck you get a little lucky all right and the difference between luck and opportunity opportunity can can always sort of like show up right um and i think luck is the right opportunity you know like is it a lucky is it a, is it the right opportunity because i've been served a lot of opportunities and i've taken opportunities but when the right opportunity comes in you'll know it's like it's e there's ease to it you know i don't know if you guys have this experience but when anything feels like it's pushing a boulder up a hill abort mission it's usually not the right story to be telling at that time if something starts to flow and things like for this podcast we went through some bumpy stuff but overall it was like, this podcast needs to get made. It's important enough to get made. And there were never any boulders pushing up a hill. It was just like, oh, okay, this person's dropping out. We got to fill it with this person. So it was still flow. When there's flow, that's what you want in a project. And that's when you know there's a green light and it's a good opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, uh, it seems kind of like an analog to this uh, concept in the startup community of pivoting versus persevering. That's like the eternal question if you're struggling, if you're trying to make a startup happen uh, and you're, you're running into issues and struggling, should you pivot into something else, change the product or change the way you're doing things, or should you just stick it out? And unfortunately there are stories on, on both sides, like 
there, there was a, I think the origin story of Airbnb um, was very much like pushing a boulder up a hill. Like these guys were living on ramen for months and months and months. And everybody who, everybody heard the, the idea of like, oh yeah, just let a stranger stay in your house for money. And they were like, that's crazy. I'm never going to do that. And so they had to really fight for a long, long time. And, but they just kept pushing the, they, they just kept persevering and then it, uh, it ended up paying off. So it's well, like, I, a, yeah, go ahead. Well, I would argue that they probably pivoted within there. So like, because they realized that that log line was not working, you know, so they probably oh, yeah. pivoted their idea around what, how they were going to pitch it and therefore found someone that was like, okay, I get it. That's a good point. But like the overarching kind of concept pushed, stay the same, but within it, there was a lot of changing and adapting and flowing to try to get to the end. Okay. Yeah. I can dig that. And maybe that, maybe this is just something for me, just because I do have a lot of opportunities that present themselves. So I just know, well, one, I want to work with kind people that are collaborative. And two, if things don't flow pretty instantly and you don't have that sort of back and forth thing, um, I, it's just, there's too much other stuff I need to be working on. So I, that, those are just pinnacles for me. There are too many other opportunities. Yeah. Hey, Caroline, when we first spoke, did you suggest that we get an, an intern? Yes. We got an intern. <laughs> oh, great. We changed the name of the podcast and we got an intern because of you, Caroline. Oh, I love that. That's going to help a lot. Well, she's a senior in college. She's got uh, three months before she graduates. Uh, the cool thing is she's a third culture uh, kid like Daniel was. She grew up all over the world, State Department uh, parent. Uh, and she's awesome. And she says she loves social media. She, she, I think likes what we're doing and, uh, yeah, we're excited to have her on board. I mean, it might be fun if like, if you want to do something for social media where people just say hi in the beginning of the podcast on film, and then you could put that on your social media and then link it back to the podcast. So people know what's sort of coming up. That's brilliant. I love it. Wait, say that one more time. Like we would take we're, a picture we're, of we're, you saying on, hi. What, Daniel, were you not paying attention? No, I, I, it just kind of went over my head. Like, so, so you record, like you would record me, like, I'd be like, Hey, my episode's coming out X, Y, and Z. It's so nice to meet you guys. And then you'd cut that little slice, put it on Instagram so that people know when my episode's coming up. And then, you know, that would sort of be a way to market the, oh uh, yeah. Nice. Do we want to do that at the end, Caroline? Sure. sure. Okay, cool. I love it. So what, what else should our intern do? So I, I, I don't have to do anything but uh, show up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, most, I'm mostly kidding. Um, definitely focus on social media. Um, you know, she can start to look up some names for you guys of, uh, you know, and I think, I think Paul, I said I would share a couple of those names with you of heads of development or people that are sort of the gatekeepers for the podcast stuff so that you can start trying to send, I would recommend creating a deck and trying um, really understanding what you guys have to say on this. And I think you're getting clearer and clearer with that, you know, the, the second time I've talked to you, Paul, um, so that you can start to figure out if there's a way to get paid to do this or just reach a larger demographic. Um, so mm -hmm. I'd have her start looking to see where those opportunities would be um, or even just finding people on LinkedIn. And yep. what else should she do? She should edit that one part that I messed up on earlier. That's, that's, that's still going to be Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have a more general question about the, uh, so, so your podcast that you presented to iHeart and 
um, that you're going to be doing has a beginning and it has an end. And what Paul and I are doing is like sort of this, let's just keep going. You know, no, that we don't have a concept of seasons uh, or a beginning and an end really. Does that, like, is it easier to sell these sort of networked um, kind of podcast companies if, if you have a very clear, here's the beginning, here's the ending, here's the concept? Well, you know, I think like, I mean, I would say that like Joe Rogan and, and I, there's quite a few like talking heads podcasts, right? I'm actually going to pull this up. Um, and they, people want that too. They want those weekly podcasts that can sort of fill that void. Um, and they don't just want narrative. And I think I shared this with you earlier, but what I mean by a log line or by something having more of an idea of your voice and what you present is like Dak Shepard. So his logline is welcome to the armchair expert, a podcast that celebrates the messiness of being human. And I would think, I mean, just from hearing his podcast and watching him do TV and stuff like that sort of personifies who he is. So like he is, people have an idea of what they're going to get when they listen to that podcast. So I think that's what I would say to you guys is if the more you can sort of fine tune what people are going to get when they listen to your podcast, that's going to help sell it to a, a bigger platform. And another example is Brene Brown and her podcast, Unlocking Us. So her log line is conversations that unlock the deeply human part of who we are so that we can live, love, parent, and lead with more courage and heart. And that's totally Brene Brown. So that's what I would just argue, you know, argue, um, push you guys to, to, to do is to really fine tune what you bring to the table. And it sounds like there are a bunch of people doing all kinds of variations on humanness and uh, what it means to be human and human this and that, you know? Yeah, we, so. we are super generic at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we have a lot of carving to do. But that's what you would say. Look, there's so many different filmmakers that tell the same story, but we all have a different point of view on that story. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that at all. I like that perspective. Yes, that, that just gave me uh, more confidence and what we're doing. And in listening like to that. you guys, like I, I heard your, I was listening to your podcast this morning, like you do ask insightful questions and you bring yourselves into the conversation and you use it as a place to reflect. So yeah, you're not doing the same thing as other people. Okay. I love that. Thank you, Caroline. Yeah. All right. So Caroline, you're a storyteller and you and I chatted about a screenplay. Can you talk about the screenplay that you might, I, I'm saying screenplay, that may not be the right word. You know, the, the one about the, uh, the brother. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm sort of in a place right now, which is a holding pattern with it, where I'm, I'm talking to another screenwriter about writing it with me. So I don't know if I can really go into depth about it, yep. but I can say this because Paul has a, a background in the military, which is so interesting to me. It's a story about vets. Um, that's not the normal story that you would hear when it comes to the military. Um, and it sort of is a, it looks at masculinity a toxic masculinity um, and really examines that through a comedic lens. So that's all I can really say about it. But um, it's something that I hope does justice to what, um, to what you guys deal with, Paul, when you come back from being deployed. Um, and sort of what it means, that feeling of becoming a civilian again. Yeah, I, I'm one of uh, lots of folks that have been through that experience, and I would gladly uh, share those experiences in detail, Caroline, if uh, we have the opportunity. I would, uh, and, and I would love for that to get out there and love for people to know that it's okay uh, to go through those experiences. Daniel and I, part of this podcast, if we talk about 
mental health in any way that becomes useful for the listener. Uh, we're very open to those sorts of things. Yeah, it's important. Especially 100%. during a pandemic. My gosh. I know. I know. I'll, I'll, um, hopefully I can tell you guys more, you know, next time we speak, but, um, yeah, it's sort of growing now. And so I, I have to let it, the story grow without telling too much right now. No, that's really cool. That's awesome. Uh, and I really look forward to that becoming a, a movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to shoot it in Charlottesville. So, so uh, there, there are definitely worse places on earth to shoot uh, a film like that. And you guys can be extras. <laughs> Hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, I want to be like, uh, what, what do you call the, the subject matter experts that you talk to, to help you with the, uh, the writing oh, of the. Just act. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, a consultant. I want to, I want to get credit as a consultant, Caroline, and I want to be known as extra and pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be an extra. I think that'd be great. As long as I'm not like a dead person, you know, if I was like, I'd like to be walking or something like that. If you're a dead something. person, you get paid more though, because you actually have time on screen where people are focused on you. So they're pros. Oh, well, actually, no, because some people in the background are dead too, right? In war movies. So never mind. Yeah. So there's a, my, one of my friends was an extra in Lincoln and there's a lot of dead bodies in that show. So hey. I don't know where, I don't know which one he was. Never mind. Hey, so yeah. Caroline, you, you're in a, I, I guess a studio, we would call it. Mm -hmm. physical location how, how big is that room oh my god i can't do math i'm creative no roughly four feet by 10 feet yeah it's probably it's probably something like that yeah i mean what what was it before you converted it so basically it's this there's this this guy um and i think he's in spain and he has these they're called studio bricks and they're these amazing studio um, studios that you can build almost like Legos and they're really heavy pieces and you put them together and it builds this awesome studio with like the only thing that's a bitch to put in is um, the soundproof door it's just so heavy so mm -hmm. we when we were building it um, we put it on the opposite way and that was just a no-no it was just awful and then we had to like tear it all down again but that being said it's a really nice studio and you can move it places um and as you can hear, it's it's great. It's easy. Sounds yeah. It, it, would it break the uh, bank for us? Yeah, it's like seventy five hundred bucks. Woo! And it's I'm a guessing, bank breaker. Yeah. Is it? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think it's seventy five hundred. It might be seventeen though. I can't remember. Um, but uh, Studio Bricks is the name of it. All right, I'm writing that down. I ended up buying it because I got a really big Subway commercial or campaign. So I was the voice of Subway. So it was like a very good payday. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to invest in my voiceover career. And that's that's how I was able to buy it. Wait a minute. Let's talk about voiceover career. So from the time somebody says, hey, we want to hire you to the time that the your recording or that advertisement hits the airwaves. What, what's that process like typically? Oh, my God. It's the best job ever. So basically you audition for something, your agent, then if you got it, your agent will call you and be like, they chose you. And you're like, yes. And if it's a union campaign, you're like payday, payday. <laughs> um, and so you just go in for Subway. It was a campaign. It was like, I was in the booth like three days and I got paid enough for a year. Like it was really nice. Wait a minute, three what? days and you're basically... Providing what a minute of content? 
Um, for that, it was radio and TV. And it was like, I mean, it was TV that was showing during, it was a commercial that I think showed during fall football. So like every time that thing shows, you're getting paid, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not a lot of content. How would we, how would we find that commercial with your voiceover? Oh, you can probably, you could probably Google, um, or I can send it to you. Well, we probably heard your voice already once before. Yeah. I mean, I I, like did Holiday Inn. I'm I'm like, I I do a lot for IBM. So yeah. But I do. Is that more like a, like a, like a hustle while you're trying to do your primary kind of creative work? It's like a nice J-O-B, you know? It's a really, really nice job. I love the people that I work with in voiceover. I really appreciate my agents. Um, I probably should push it a little bit more, but I'm sort of busy right now. Um, mm. But I loved it. And what is it about, like, what what makes people, like, what makes your voice win, you know, what makes a good voiceover voice? Um, I think it's someone who really shows up exactly as they are and is able to sort of portray that through the copy and make it their own it's the same as being an, a really good actor it's like we, i was talking about robbie robert downer robert downey jr tonight and i feel like someone like him he just shows up exactly how he how he is and he owns the role and he owns the the, the script and there's something about that that's really compelling there's no apologies for who you are and for me, I've run into issues because, and I've done this, I think I'm doing this in the podcast now, which I'm trying to be aware of, but I'll manipulate my voice because I think someone wants to hear it be more mysterious. And my sister was like, oh God, no, don't do that. Like, just be yourself. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm trying to work on that a little bit because I think the more that I'm myself, the more that resonates for the ear. I think yeah. that's right. That's how you get to ownership, I think, mm-hmm. is getting there authentically. That's really cool. So, I, Daniel, that that uh, you called it uh, Studio Bricks. That's that's in our future, dude. All right, Paul. Well, I don't know. It might not be a 50-50 deal. <laughs> Just letting you know. Uh, it's all good. Oh, no, yeah, that's great. Cool. Well, Caroline, we said we were going to try to go 40 to 50 minutes. I, I think we're at about that moment. It's awesome having you on. Can we do a little uh, you wave to the camera kind of thing and uh, sure. so we can tease? Let me fix my hair. Yeah. <laughs> what I do? Just say like, hi. I'm now. You have to direct me now. Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm the producer. I'm not a director. I'll <laughs> be like, hey, my. Do we know when this is airing? Uh, uh March eighth. Uh, hang on. It's not this Monday, but it's two Mondays from this Monday. It's two and a half weeks from now, essentially. So why don't why don't one of you guys go? This is Caroline. Um, she's a, you know, what I am, a storyteller, and I'll be like, yeah, I, I'm. It's coming up March eighth. Listen. Hey everybody! Right, this great. Is, go ahead. You want to oh. do it? You're all no, over, no, no, Daniel. No, no. Tear it up, that, dude. Ah, I'm, no, no, I'm, no. I'm you all... got it. I, I do all the intros, dude. Come on, we need to get you involved. Hey everybody! This is Caroline. She's a storyteller, a podcaster, an all-around awesome person, and she joined us on the podcast. Yep, you can listen to this podcast on March eighth. Did you hear my voice? Ever voice there? That was nice. <laughs> I like nice. It felt like you owned it. Yeah. It was nice. Cool. Well, I'm gonna stop the recording, but Caroline, please hang on. enjoy this episode feel free to subscribe through whichever app you use and to find out more and share your thoughts go to scotopodcast.com